Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. The topic of this episode is four famous people that are going to surprise you that they found wealth in real estate, even though that's what's not they're known for. There are plenty of people out there that made a bunch of money and then went and invested it in real estate. In some degree, a few of these I'm going to mention did that as well. But the difference here is real estate was the foundation for allowing them to do what they've been able to do. The first person on this list is the godfather of modern-day bodybuilding, Hollywood superstar, The Terminator, former governor of California. I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. His fortune was made in real estate. In fact, when he first moved to the country, the United States, what he did was scrape by every penny he could get from bodybuilding shows and anything he could do on the side to buy income-producing multifamily real estate. And it was because of that real estate that he had the income to be able to do the things that he needed to do to get his name out there. Whether it be to go to these special shows that weren't going to pay him much and to be able to pay for the flights and the travel and all of the different food and nutrients he had to, he had to ingest in order to get that big. It was because of real estate. He was a millionaire from real estate investing before he ever got to Hollywood and before he ever did anything in politics. That was his foundation. Fascinating, isn't it? You can hear the entire interview in his own words, and that will share more about his uh, amazing story. And yeah, it came from real estate. Our second famous person has had a tremendous impact on human history. Now, you may not think he's famous. But his invention, the Wheat Reaper, is responsible for feeding millions and millions and millions of people. It didn't completely end world hunger, but it put a huge dent in it. Because the Wheat Reaper allowed farmers to be able to harvest more wheat much more efficiently than ever before. And although that might sound boring, I've done plenty of research on the grain industry. And that impact that that Wheat Reaper made was absolutely enormous, and it crossed all kinds of barriers, not just feeding people, but politics and all kinds of different aspects of life. This individual's name, Cyrus McCormick. And although he is very well known for this extraordinary invention, and not only inventing it, but then also creating a way to manufacture it in a mass quantity and get this out to farmers all around the world, but where he made his money was actually not in the Wheat Reaper. Because, and this is really interesting, he wanted the Wheat Reaper to get to the masses, to small farmers all around, not just the United States, but the entire world. And farmers didn't make much money, so they couldn't afford it. So he oftentimes, he financed his own equipment. And if they didn't pay him, because the thing was so big, it was hard to repossess it. So he didn't make a lot of money, although he distributed a ton of wheat reapers. Where he made his money was he bought up a bunch of land in this, at the time, small Midwestern town of Chicago. And then he built plants and he built things for his employees. And he owned all the land, he owned all the real estate. And of course, Chicago built up around him, and that's where he made all his money. And so if he was short on money, and some farmers... Uh, we're not paying him for the wheat reapers, because again, he still had to pay for the manufacturing of them, uh, then he'd sell some land off to have some money to keep the, the, the wheat reapers uh, distributed around, around the world. 
That's a really big deal. That means that millions and millions of people did not starve to death ultimately because of real estate. Because he owned real estate, was able to sell that real estate and take that money and use it to plow back into distributing more wheat reapers. Our third famous person, you may better recognize the company he launched, which is McDonald's. And his name is Ray Kroc. Now, Ray Kroc got a licensing agreement from the McDonald's brothers. They had one little restaurant in San Bernardino, California, and he is the one that franchised McDonald's around the globe. And what's so fascinating about the McDonald's story is how the business ended up making money. Listen carefully. So Ray Kroc cut a deal with the McDonald's brothers, whereby he was going to get a small percentage of the gross sales, and he could sell an upfront fee for the franchise. And so once he cut the deal, he went out there and tried to put together some franchisee relationships. And he did sell some franchises. And here's what happened. They were very successful. But the actual breakdown of the math was that the franchisees, the ones that owned the individual stores, they made a ton of money. But Ray Kroc was making nothing. In fact, Ray Kroc did not make a single penny out of McDonald's for the first seven years of the business. Seven straight years, he never took out a penny. And he had another business going that whole time, which kept things afloat. But here's where things get really fascinating. He hired a finance guy to help figure out the problem. Because the franchisees were making a killing, and he was making no money as the franchisor. And it had to do with the deal he cut with the McDonald's brothers. And it was a finance manager that said, well, here's how we can make our money. We have to gamble a little bit, but what we're going to do is we'll buy the real estate underneath the restaurants. And then we will set up a lease whereby as the gross income of that restaurant goes up, our rental income will go up. And he said, well, okay, but if we do that, we're basically betting on the real estate because we're not really making any money from the burgers and the fries and the drinks. And he said, that's exactly right. But if you believe in this business model, Ray, if you know that the restaurants are going to be around 30 years from now, then the real estate is going to be extremely valuable. That's where we'll make our money. And that's where McDonald's Corporation made all their money back in the day. Now, I think these days they do own a couple of restaurants, like 30% of them are owned by the actual corporation. But back in the day, it was all the real estate underneath. And so they had to go out and get loans. And they had to borrow up to the hill. And they bought this real estate all around, not only the United States, but the entire world. And now it's considered to be the most valuable real estate portfolio that exists today. And it's because of real estate that McDonald's didn't go completely out of business. It's because of that real estate that Ray Kroc was able to keep things afloat so that he could do what he needed to do to create the kind of culture and the kind of consistency that became uh, what McDonald's is today. Now, you may not like McDonald's and you may hate the restaurants, so you may be upset with real estate at this point. <laughs> but uh, it was real estate that made McDonald's what McDonald's is. Our fourth person is someone you probably know because his hit Ice Ice Baby has sold over 150 million records. I'm talking about the musician, rapper, Vanilla Ice. Or since I've gotten to know him over the years, I just call him Rob. Here's his story. Rob was 16. He writes... Ice Ice Baby. Age 17, he's dancing in the club. The club owner recognizes that he has some talent. And next thing you know, a year later, the song Ice Ice Baby is hitting the radios and it becomes an international hit. 
He hits the road touring for several years. While he's doing so, he's making money. He knows he needs to invest. He's got smart parents. He's a pretty smart guy himself, even for a young age, at age 18, 19, 20. And so he starts buying real estate with that money because he doesn't want to buy stocks or bonds because he can't touch it and feel it. He doesn't trust all the people in the entertainment industry, so he knows if he buys real estate, he can touch and feel the investments he's got. Well, four years later, he's got four uh, mansions. He's got a place in Park City, Utah. He's got a place next to Michael J. Fox in Los Angeles, a place in Miami. And so what he ends up doing is he, uh, he sells all but one of his properties, and he reaps an enormous profit. And he goes, wow, well, that was easy. So he goes on to buy more and more real estate. In fact, he paid $600,000 for a commercial property on South Beach in Miami, uh, which is now worth about $20 million and is cash flowing like an absolute freight train. So uh, what was his secret? He bought real estate. Now, I know that you may not be an international superstar making millions of dollars from royalties of music that you can pour into real estate, but where this lesson is so important is that there were other people, other counterparts, contemporaries, that didn't do what he did. A person like N MC Hammer. Um, in fact, MC Hammer, years later, was on a television commercial during the Super Bowl showing that he went bankrupt and went into foreclosure. See, Rob didn't do that. And so even though he was a one-hit wonder, what he ended up doing was, he was, because he made so much in real estate, he was able to do other things. He went on to flipping houses. And uh, in fact, he's got a television show on the DIY network called The Vanilla Ice Project, where he, he renovates uh, mansions and he puts all the bling bling he can into them and then he resells them. And uh, the latest thing he's a part of is this season's Dancing with the Stars, which has become a really big show. It's one of the highest rated shows on television. So... Rob was able to avoid the one-hit wonder syndrome because of real estate. And so that's the lesson. And I hope you're inspired by these four people. I hope you're inspired to find out that real estate doesn't have to be the end. It can be a means to your end. But what are your dreams? Because you can achieve them. But oftentimes you need money. That's just a fact of life. And real estate can not only give you the money from flipping houses, but also that long-term steady income as well as the appreciation and I've got some great videos on this subject, such as the perfect formula uh, for building wealth in real estate. And this can make a huge difference in the lives of millions of people. Because you may have something bottled up inside you that needs to get out. And rather than going and trying to raise money from everybody else, be your own fundraiser. Be the person that creates the wealth, creates the money, so you can fund those other dreams in your life. It's one of my big pet peeves when I see people that have, quote, great ideas, but they, they don't want to do what it takes to make the money to fuel those ideas. And I hope I didn't step on any toes by saying that, but that's the truth. People need to go out there and take responsibility because you may have an amazing ministry, an amazing nonprofit or movement that could change the world. And if you just had some rental property, just had some real estate to fuel that so you could keep your, your, your bills paid so you could go out and do what you had to do. All right, well, thanks so much for watching. I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. If you want to learn a lot more about real estate investing, if you want to get out there and really make it happen, subscribe to this channel. Also, grab my books, both How to Be a Real Estate Investor, which is my first one, uh, more for beginners. And this is more for the intermediate uh, experts, real estate investing gone bad.